Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And today, if you are joining us for the first time, we're a father and son movie podcast where we revisit movies I grew up watching, and Phoenix gives his perspective. Uh, today's movie is the 1994 Lion King, which is a Disney animated movie. It's directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. Uh, I'm going to save the voice uh, actors until after the uh, summary. Embark on an extraordinary coming-of-age adventure as Simba, a lion cub who cannot wait to be king, searches for his destiny in the great circle of life. All right, let's get it. Okay, um, the reason I skipped the voices, Phoenix, I wanted to see if you recognize any of them or know, uh, you know, who's in the movie as voice actors. Uh, James Earl Jones Mm -hmm. as Mufasa. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, James Earl Jones, he was in the movie we previously did. Coming to America? (laughs) Yeah, where he also plays a king that has, like, lion skin head or whatever wrapped around his Mm -hmm. part of his uh, royalty garments. So, James Earl Jones is in here. Who plays the mom? Uh, I don't know. Her name is Madge Sinclair. Does that ring a bell? It does ring a bell. Um, Do you want to guess, perhaps? James Earl Jones is the king. (laughs) Madge Sinclair. Is she the queen? She's the queen from Coming to America. (laughs) So, returning there. um, Oh, I know another actress. Her actor in here. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. The hyenas. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know one of the other hyenas, the guy? I I was trying to place it. It sounded familiar. Um, was he in another Disney movie? Uh, another Disney movie. Well, I know he was in, I want to say, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Maybe Oliver not. Cat and Company. Is it Oliver and Company where he plays a chihuahua? Yeah. yeah. If this is torture, chain me to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's him. Uh, he was kind of known to be in uh, a lot of um, oh, Cheech and Chong. It's a stoner duo from back in the like late 70s. Um, you might have heard that before, maybe in uh, some song lyrics, I don't know. But um, Jeremy Irons, that's the voice uh, actor of Scar. He sounds familiar. He's in, in an upcoming epic superhero movie. Oh, is he Alfred Pennysworth in yep. Batman vs. Superman? Yep. Yeah. That's it. Uh, young Simba, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You recognize that name? Mm-mm. All right. Uh, back in 94, he was a heartthrob, a teenage heartthrob or whatever. I can't think of somebody that would be like him now. So basically, he was the middle child in Tim Allen's Home Improvement show. Very popular show. I loved it. Um, Never heard of it. I think you might have seen maybe some episodes, you know, just uh, surfing through. But yeah, he's the middle child. And he was really popular for this, but he was also in The Adventures of Tom and Huck, uh, where he played Huck. No, yeah, he played Huck. Um, let see what else. Can't think of anything that you might remember him from, but Tim Allen, you know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, he voices Buzz Lightyear. In but, Santa Claus. And, and he was the Santa Claus in all three movies. Um, but he was the father in the, show, uh, in the show Home Improvement. So on this TV show, you got Simba... 
and uh, Buzz, right? Mm-hmm. So Home Improvement, they did a Halloween episode, and uh, there was a knock at the door, and Randy, who's Jonathan Taylor Thomas, he answers the door. Okay, standing there is a kid dressed as Simba and another kid dressed as Buzz. <laughs> One candy bar for the spaceman, and uh, seven for the cute little lion. <laughs> He gives Simba more candy. <laughs> but uh, I remembered watching that episode, and I was like, that's funny because, you know, th- they both voice those uh, those characters. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's one of those kids, very popular. All the girls loved him. You know, he, he was kind of known for his hair, and you all know, thought he was cute. But I think every movie that he was in, he was always, um, his love interest was always taller than him. <laughs> so kind of like, like Michael J. Fox, maybe, from um, Family Ties. But um, let's see, Maura Kelly, who does the older Nala, I don't think you know her, but she was in a movie I kind of grew up watching. I, I do own it. It's called With Honors with Joe Pesci and Brennan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Um, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. You, you want to mm-hmm. guess who he voices? Mr. Bean? Well, I just said Mr. Bean, but in the uh, Lion King. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> he does talk. The actor can talk. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I think he was Johnny English, and I think he had you know his role of speaking there too. Oh, that's right. Oh, and the guy from Scooby Doo, um, Zazu. Huh? Yeah. So he he voiced Zazu, Nathan Lane. I don't think you know him, but oh gosh, he he does a lot of voices. And um, does, actually, did you ever see Austin Powers Goldfinger? Nope. Or no, gold member. I'm sorry, it's gold member. The one with gold Beyonce. Gold is James Bond. Right, right. No, I haven't. Okay. Um, gosh, he's got a small scene in there. But anyway, uh, the other last person, uh, I don't think we touched on was uh, Matthew Broderick, who plays or voices the older Simba. Mm, doesn't ring a bell. The 1999 Godzilla. At least I think it's 99. Oh, did he star in it? He starred in it. Mm-hmm. He was also Inspector Gadget, the first one. I never saw that. Okay. Um, I. I think that's all you would know him from, but also um, uh, famously known as Ferris Bueller from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm. 80s movie, and another John Hughes movie. But um, yeah, this movie, I grew up watching it. I was about 11 when it came out. Uh, you too grew up with this movie, because I remember vividly that we used to um, play the soundtrack for you often, in, in, you know, riding around in the car. Mm, I remember that a lot. Um I remember getting in the car and saying, hey, can we play the Lion King soundtrack and stuff like that? And I think one of your favorite songs was Scars Be Prepared. Ah, I still love it. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of like the, the, the darker songs. Um, and one of your favorite movies was Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. Oh, they're going to sound Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, yeah, speaking of music, I, I knew this won some kind of Academy Awards. Uh, it actually won two. Uh, it won for best song, best original song, which was uh, Elton John's uh, "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." That's from Elton John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very he he voice. wrote he wrote all the um, the original songs, you know, with like singing in it. He has a very nice womanly voice. Uh, well, the woman singing is not him. <laughs> oh, okay. But that. um, but he has his version too. You know, kind of like in Aladdin, the um, A Whole New World. I don't know if you know, but then there's obviously the uh, Aladdin and Jasmine version, but there's another version with a different man and woman. So same thing with here. In The Lion King, you got Can You Feel the Love Tonight, sung by, you know, the um, older 
singing voices of uh, Simba and Nala. Mm-hmm. Um, and Timon and Pumbaa? Timon and Pumbaa. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they have different... I, I think they might be the same actors. Here's another thing. Like, uh, I kind of know that usually in these type of um, animated movies... Usually the, the the speaking voice actor and the singing voice actor are usually two different people. Um, I found out for this review that Jason Weaver is the singing voice for um, for young Simba. I don't know if you know um, this Jason Weaver, but he, um, he the first thing I saw him in was he played young Michael Jackson in in the Jackson Five miniseries. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's usually mm-hmm. on TV. Like the, I think it's, like, it's called the American Dream or something like that. Mm-hmm. The Jacksons, um, and then he went on to do this show where he played the older brother in a in a show called Smart, uh, the Smart Guy, um, and then he had like a, a role in ATL. But he was on a song called uh, "One Call Away," where he, he's featured on um, a track by Chingy. So I think if you heard it, you'd know it because that song came out in like '03 ish, and um, you know, I know that when you're at that age, you listen to the radio a lot, you know, driving around with me. But um, so that was very interesting for me just because I know who that actor is. And I was just uh, I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow, that that was the voice, you know, the the voice singer for young Simba. Is that did that come out right? <laughs> I, I, you do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if it came mm. out clear for for the listeners. So, I get that. Okay, so Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the voice of young Simba, but Jason Weaver is the uh, the voice singer. <laughs> is the young Simba singing voice? I'm confused now. Okay, so jo- Jonathan Taylor Thomas is young Simba. When young Simba sings, is Jason Weaver. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but I I find that fascinating because I know that actor. He he's an actor too, and uh, apparently he did the singing voice for Simba and I didn't know that so I just thought that was really cool usually I don't look into things like that because I just figure they're just some kind of singer but Jason Weaver was also an actor so I was just like oh wow you know very interesting so it's kind of like if Jimmy Fallon was playing a role in like uh, say Neil Patrick Harris was doing a singing role yeah yeah <laughs> that that's a that's a an example <laughs> um, yeah exactly so you're like, oh wow! I I know him to be an actor, and I I knew he kind of sang, but I didn't know he was the singing voice for. But in your oh, example, I, I think Jimmy Fallon can kind of sing. Well, yeah. I mean, he lip sings. Well, that's not true. He um some of the uh, skits he did, he actually sings. Like I I think he does a uh, like a really good Neil Diamond uh, impersonation, and where he sings the songs too. But, well, I'm sure Young Simba could sing too. <laughs> Uh, I've never heard Jonathan Taylor Thomas sing, so I'm sure that's why they got Jason Weaver to do that voice, to provide the voice. Okay, so um, this movie, yeah, I obviously grew up watching. Um, I remember owning, like, this computer CD-ROM, you know, that had a bunch of activity for kids, you know, like coloring pages and um, all types of games, like matching, you know, uh, things like that. Um, It wasn't as cool as the... (laughs) Uh, I want to say the first Austin Powers, no, no, not Austin Powers, but Shrek uh, DVD-ROM, because in there it gave you uh, scenes where you can select and revoice um, dialogue as your own. What? So me and Uncle Phil, we used to, uh, you know, do scenes and like change the words around, <laughs> or say them in like different accents and different like um, uh, different, you know, in different. Gosh, what is it like? Uh, enunciations or 
different uh, enunciations. No, there's. I think there's another word I'm I'm thinking of, but um, you know, we would just say them differently. Pronunciations. Yeah, we accents. would pronounce differently accents. Impersonations. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll just skip it. It's kind of like my mind's like kind of half shut off. <laughs> But yeah, I don't recognize any of the directors, but I know one of them did go off to do uh, other stuff. But the um, so Elton John did a lot of the music. Uh, another guy that he worked with, um, I want to say his name was Tim Rice, also worked on some songs on Aladdin. So and I, I feel like Aladdin has a lot, a very good music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Academy Award that this movie won for was for music, uh, music score. And do you want to take a guess who the who composed the music? Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. Uh, it's a good guess, but he's a director. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's actually Hans Zimmer. He recently scored the the Nolan movies, uh, Batman. Trilogy, the Dark Knight was, trilogy. I was close with the Z. I knew it was a Z. Very good, actually. You, yeah, that's a good point you make. So I'll give you a quarter of a point. <laughs> okay, so this movie um, was one of the one of the movies that kind of had controversy uh, as far as uh, certain images that you know people uh, that have no life, um, you know, that look frame by frame, and they try to find something to complain about. But do you know about the scene where, um, well, the scene that uh, this takes place in is when Simba is um, kind of collapsed at this cliff, and like the dust of flowers kind of float in the air. And they spell out a word. Yeah, they spell out sex. Mm-hmm. So you know about that. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen the image? I have. Okay. So um, yeah, very interesting. And Aladdin has uh, you know a scene too, and um, you know maybe one day we'll do that and we'll talk about that then. So that was very interesting. Um, I have the image pulled up, and apparently like the people behind the movie, they try to say it says SFX, basically a cute little um, nod to the special effects team. They try to say that it was very innocent, but I don't know. That's uh, pretty close to an E. Mm. Uh, this X is a little uh, questionable, but yeah, I I could kind of see it. I mean, like if you look at the S like this, you Even know, then, obviously the listeners there, can't see what we're. If there's still an S and an X, then they're not and they're not denying it. It's it's obviously it's, that's, there. that's a very good point. Yeah, that you make, but yeah, I, I would say allegedly it looks like a SFX. I would think <laughs> it's a special effects department. Yeah, so uh, kind of some crazy things, and yeah, it's also crazy to think that this movie is now 21 years old. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so 94. You know, I was probably I don't know in the fifth grade. Ten. Well, I was born in 83. So oh, right. yeah, so and nine. this this came out in June. So yeah, I'm already um 11 when this came out. But this is you know before i started listening to like boys to men and tlc so um just right before i really started getting into like r&b and stuff like that so um yeah really cool uh this is this one of your favorite disney animated films would you say oh easily um i don't know if monsters inc is disney or pixar it's pixar it's pixar yeah this uh Lion King would probably be my favorite Disney movie. 
Yeah, because um, a little behind the scenes here, you know, you just uh, you had just come back from camp uh, last week, and you were gone for you said four weeks. I remember it being three, but I think there was a break, and maybe you're just not including the break, and I am. Uh, but I don't know, you know, some listeners may or may not know, but the Terminator episodes that we had previously re- released were also previously recorded prior to you taking off. So when you came back, I asked you, you know, what movie do you want to do for your return? And um, you said Lion King. Well, you, you said Disney movie, right? Yeah, I said a Disney movie. Yeah, and then and then uh, ended up choosing Lion King. So right, right, okay. So yeah, I just thought uh, very interesting, uh, interesting pick. Uh, I knew one day we would get into uh, Disney movies. I was really championing, championing, championing for rooting. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I used it correctly. Uh, I was really rooting for American yeah. Tail, <laughs> uh, but maybe one day we'll do that too. Okay, so we'll go ahead and kind of get into it. Do you have any questions before we do? No. Okay, so the movie opens up with uh, the Circle of Life. Now, this one is um, uh, sung by Elton John. Oh, maybe the ending version. Uh, I didn't really write is it down. It sung by Elton John? Well, I know there's a there's a part where a woman does sing it, but um, I'm trying to remember if he sings part of the beginning one too. But he does have a version of his own. You know, that's another thing. I used to own the soundtrack. It's an Elton John White. Yes. This is interesting. That he what sings like African music? No, that is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Okay, well, both. Like you're surprised Elton John was white. You thought he was black this whole time? Oh, I think John Legend. Yeah, John Legend is black. Actually, he might be half. But um, well, Jason Weaver, the the young Simba who sings, he's black. Uh, what? <laughs> well, and that was another reason why I was like, "Oh, wait, that's that's interesting," you know, because Jason Weaver I know is a black kid. <laughs> so uh, at, at the time of this movie, he's he's only a few years older than me. He's not that much older than me. Um, but anyway, yeah, opens up on the uh, Circle of Life, and you know we see the Pride Lands, and uh, Simba had been born, and basically um, Rafiki is showing him to the kingdom or showing the kingdom their new prince. Right. Um, I don't know if this is a ritual that lions really do, but um, I think it's kind of cool. Um, but we get to meet, you know, some of the people. We don't get the names off the bat, but you meet the the king and queen, uh, Mufasa and Sarabi. Does that sound right? I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't Sarabi. write her name down. Um, and then you, I think you see uh, Zazu, which is uh, some some type of bird. I want to call him a toucan, but I know he's not. He's a dodo. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's correct either. That's what they call them? Uh, are dodos in Africa? Are lions in Africa? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, your uh, tax dollars at school here. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see here. Let's see if we can find a Zazu. He is uh, a hornbill. A hornbill. I guess that's just the name of the bird itself. A hornbill. Uh, yeah, so he serves as a king's major domo, uh, or Mufasa's little stooge, is what uh, Wikipedia here says. Who else do we meet? We meet Rafiki, which is kind of like uh, he's kind of like the witch doctor, kind in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if there's a a different name that uh, or a title that he goes by. Okay, he's basically a baboon. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think about that because there's that you, baboon that? joke later on. Did you not know that? Well, I just it, uh, brain fart, right? I, I mentioned it was you know a little late because most of the time you can see his butt, and those are usually oh. baboons. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. 
Um, and this is pretty cool. I, I've never seen this before. It's a promotional image of all the characters uh, uh, from the film. Well, not every single one, but the main ones, uh, at least with speaking parts. No, Mufasa. Right there. Oh wait! Oh, oh! It's, okay, that was Simba. Yeah, this is Simba right here. Yeah, this, so this is a yeah, this is a young version. So then we get an introduction of Scar. Uh, so he is the brother of Mufasa, um, but he feels that he'll never be king. You know, he kind of says as much. Uh, Zazu shows up. You know, and he's there to announce that Mufasa was coming. And uh, Mufasa doesn't seem to have a problem uh, with Scar trying to eat Zazu. I don't know if you caught that. But uh, when Mufasa shows up, you know, uh, Zazu was in, like, Scar's mouth. <laughs> My train of thought was it's happened before, so it's nothing It's nothing unusual. <laughs> oh, it's happened before, so it's okay, is, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned prior to recording, and I've kind of forgot until now, but you mentioned that uh, you heard or something that um, there's influences of Hamlet. Yes. Yeah. Funny, I did hear something like that uh, when I was younger. And in high school, I actually wrote a paper drawing those comparisons. Um, I actually kind of have a site up right now um, that kind of talks about it a little bit more. But I just kind of wanted to point out uh, the the ones that are a little bit more on the nose. Uh, okay, so both families are royal. Okay, the uh, uncle characters are very similar. Also, they both want to be king. Uh, they even let's see here the. Um, Claudius and Scar both kill their brothers to be king. Same thing, both uh, fathers die, also appear as ghosts. Um, both princes are sent away, both Simba and Hamlet, that is. And uh, I think Timon and Pumbaa are basically kind of like Rosencrantz and... I forget the other guy's name. And that's pretty much it. Those are the big... The big ones that stand out, anyway. I've actually never read Hamlet, Hamlet before. I've only read Romeo and Juliet. Um, let's see. I want to say Hamlet was probably my junior year, but you know, teachers are each teacher is different, and uh, you may or may not get to it. I'm I'm not sure. Um, but I really enjoyed Hamlet, and there's I think there's like four versions of the movie that uh, I'm familiar with. There's one with uh, Laurence Olivier. Uh, then you got the Mel Gibson version, the Kenneth Branagh version, and then one with uh, Ethan Hawke, which is more of a modern take on it. And I'm sure there are plenty more, but those are the f four that I've actually seen. Um, but yeah, Hamlet was actually one of my favorite um, stories by Shakespeare, and I wonder if that's why Lion King is like one of my favorite uh, Disney movies, uh, because of the comparisons in the story. I'm, I'm not sure, but the, I mean, the music obviously helps. Uh, Mufasa, um, let's see, he's unhappy that Scar didn't show up for, uh, Simba's celebration, and off the bat, you see that this isn't really a good relationship between the two, right, the, uh, the, between these two brothers, so I'm not sure what that's about, um, perhaps, uh, Scar has been very jealous over the years because he feels that he should be king, um, what do you think, do you think that Scar, like, exhibits any... Is that right? Is exhibits any uh, traits of like being worthy of a king? Or so your question is if from what we see, like, do you think he'd be a better king? I mean, just from early on here, because I'm trying to figure out like why has he been jealous for so long? I mean, I I, I feel like this is 
um, not a trope because I feel like this happens, you know, uh, where in movie and TV you see that uh, a brother or sister, whoever the heir is to the throne, gets it. There's always another sibling that feels left out or like, no, I should, you know, that should belong to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a very good example. Uh, Another one would be like uh, Empire, if anybody watches that, you know, the the hip-hop drama on Fox. You know what we're talking about. Simba wakes up uh, Mufasa, and he learns about uh, being king. Uh, Mufasa tells him everything that the sun shines on uh, is theirs, which is everything, I guess. I I wonder where the boundaries are. Um, but it's kind of a kind of a nice scene, you know, just a father and son spending a little time together. And I kind of like this next scene where um, Mufasa teaches Simba uh, how to pounce, and then uses Zazu as a bait or a target, I guess. Target. Yeah, target. and that comes out as a pretty comical. Um, is that something that you kind of remembered, or? It is something I remembered. Um. Probably the most memorable thing early on in the movie was um, Scar in the Mouse in the beginning. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this th- th- there was some kind of, I, I wouldn't say it's like weird editing, but it goes from, you know, we saw Simba learning how to pounce or practicing pouncing um, on Zazu, and then it cuts Simba to Simba showing up at Scar's lair, I guess you want to call it. And uh, he's there to basically, like, just annoy the hell out of Mufasa. No, not Mufasa, but Scar. Scar. Uh, and he just he doesn't seem like a like a very loving uncle at all. You know, he just, um, you know, obviously Simba is very naive, you know, and um, doesn't really know a whole lot because he's still very young. But uh, Scar's not helping, you know. He just, um, I, don't, I don't have any examples. You do know the story of uh, the Dallas Nickers? No. Um... It's a long story. Never mind. Okay. Uh, that was very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, Simba and Nala, uh, they go play at the elephant graveyard because uh, Scar had kind of dropped this little nugget about, you know, uh, seeking thrill. You can go over here and um, basically go cause trouble because he's trying to bring harm to Simba, right? Because anything happens to Mufasa, who gets the throne? Scar. No. It goes oh, to Simba. Simba. Yeah. Simba. I thought you were talking about like after Simba. No, it's if, if uh, Mufasa like, cause died. If he's playing with Simba, then what would happen if it was just Mufasa and Mufasa died, then it goes to Scar. Well, yes. But that wasn't the example I was given. But it was good enough that um, Zazu tagged along. Um, and he drops that apparently they are arranged to be married when they get older, which I don't think either of them um, were aware of. Well, they weren't aware of it, but I don't think they're kind of keen to that idea either, you know. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, arranged marriage for 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 lion cubs, is is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just cubs. Yeah, uh, and then they break out into the song "Can't Wait to Be King," and uh, so they wrestle a little bit. Apparently, this is something they do, but you know, we see feline, you know, cats and uh, tigers and bears. Oh my, they all you know do that, right? <laughs> Uh, so they wrestle, and Nala pins uh, Simba twice. And, you know, we, there's a little foreshadowing because, you know, it comes up again later. So, I don't know. What's that say about Simba, that he got pinned twice by uh, his future bride? <laughs> it means he needs to work on his pinning. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, 
He something, you know, Watch kind of more, a uh, weekly. PRW, Pride Rock West Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they have that channel. Uh, so they're at the graveyard and they encounter the the hyenas and apparently that's their land, right? The uh, elephant graveyard here. Um, what do you think of that scene? The introduction of the hyenas. I like that scene because um, you got one hyena that's smooth talking, which is Whoopi Goldberg, and then uh, the crazy laughing one, Ed, which was kind of fun just to watch them all interact with each other. You know, I uh, I read a little thing. That- under the uh, controversies where, you know, along with that image of the, uh, the the word sex spelled out, the other one was the hyenas, uh, them basically being outsiders. Uh, and they happen to be voiced by um, minorities. You know, uh, Whoopi Goldberg is black and Cheech uh, Marin is a Hispanic man. You know, and then Ed, we, we don't know what the hell he is, but, <laughs> but they are, uh, you know, they... they, they you can tell uh, they have, well, not really an accent, but they're voiced by minorities. And um, I don't know, there was a little, I wouldn't say a backlash, because I, I feel like backlashes are usually like a big deal. But I kind of, I only read about it in this uh, researching for the review. So this was, it was a controversial thing for the hyenas? Not for the hyena, hyenas. People just, you know, they um, kind of made it a big deal that, well, okay, wow, the the hyenas, which are kind of, the, you know, part of the villains in, in this film, are voiced by minorities. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, it's I usually just roll my eyes uh, at that kind of, kind of thing. I mean, you got Jason Weaver singing, you know, uh, as young Simba, so. He doesn't sing for too long, though. Uh well he's got Hakuna Matata he got he's got can't wait to be king some pretty good stuff uh, what does old Simba have he he's got the other half of Hakuna Matata and I don't think he sings can you feel the love tonight does he who else would sing it well I guess it is him and Nala mm-hmm. yeah okay so Mufasa saves the day uh and then he lectures Simba. <laughs> I'm just thinking that um, if young Simba sings uh, "Can't Wait to Be King," it's it's talking about a little boy who wants to be grown up and be ruler of everything, and then you switch to older Simba who's talking about love and everything like that and no, falling in love. That's two different songs, though. Exactly. Uh huh. Two different songs, um, same Simba, but two different ages. One age is about a little kid; the other one's about being older, and this is with their age group. Oh, uh, okay. That's a very good insight. There you go. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, Mufasa is lecturing Simba uh, about what he did, you know, disobeying him and going to the elephant graveyard when, um, I, I guess that's a rule where he shouldn't be just, it's dangerous, right? It's, it's uh, apparently the sun doesn't shine over there, so that's not part of their land, I guess. That's the hyena's land. So um, later on, Scar uh, propositions the hyenas. He says to uh, you know kill Mufasa so that way he can be king, and the ruler, and everything will be better. And he breaks into uh, one of your favorite songs, "Be Prepared." Mm-hmm. I think I like the song a lot just because um, I've always kind of like songs where a singer breaks the song where they're not singing; they just like talk or yell or something. Like sometimes in Michael Jackson songs. Or he would just yell or something. What about Mary Poppins? There's a lot of that. I have no idea. I haven't seen Mary Poppins. I think you have. You probably just don't remember. Because they sing a lot of songs. and then, But in the middle of the songs, they'd you know, 
break out and like have actual dialogue and then go back to singing. Yeah, stuff like that. So I wonder if that's a, a Disney thing because they're both Disney. Mm. Hmm. Be something to think about. This uh, song, the it, it's got a particular cadence that sounds a, l- a little militaristic. Do you get that kind of feeling, or do you think? Um, do you feel uh, like some other type of way? Well, watching the um, movie along with the song, you know, it definitely does look militaristic with the hyenas marching. Oh yeah, yeah, very good point. Um, so Scar sets up Simba. Uh, he tells him that his dad was gonna meet him somewhere, uh, has him wait, and basically plans to have a stamp- stampede run over Mufasa and Simba. Um, it was a very intense scene. That's 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 my only thought. I yeah, was watching r- it really intense. I remember as a kid, uh, it definitely made me cry. Uh, you know, because I kind of put myself uh, at Simba's in Simba's shoes. shoes. Pause. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I was kind of like mm, he doesn't wear shoes. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, it, it still gets me. It's a still a very sad scene. So Simba is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he's tr- you know practicing his little roar. You know, on this lizard crawling, and then um. Right after the roar, I think the stampede. That's that's when they just start going. So he thinks, at least I think he thinks that he caused it by the roar. Do you get that, or am I no, reaching there? I think that um, uh, Simba thinks that it's his fault, Mufasa's death, with uh, his being there in the gorge. Yeah, but I think um, also because Scar just convinces him of it. You know, he he basically says, yeah, this is your fault, you know, later on anyway. But um, that's why he thinks it. But I I was trying to find anything else, you know, that, that would have been a factor to him into believing that he was the cause of it. Um, because, like, that roar, you, you know, it, it, shortly after you get the rumble and then he, you know, sees the stampede coming. So I think that he thinks that he might have caused, like, some kind of avalanche that caused the stampede. Mm. Or that created the stampede? Maybe. So uh, we see Scar run over to uh, Mufasa uh, and Zazu and says that Simba is in trouble. Right? So it's... Um, and then... Uh, so Mufasa goes and... How how does this happen? How, how does um, Mufasa end up on that cliff? Which cliff? The cliff where he's hanging from. Um. So like at the end, the climax? No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean Simba. Mufasa. How did Mufasa end up hanging on that cliff? Um, the climax of that scene. Yeah. Um. Right. Right before he jumps. He jumps to save Simba. No, he throws Simba, Simba out, out and then Simba's looking for him, and uh, Mufasa jumps out of the crowd of ox and um, hangs on with his claws onto the wall and crawls up. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't really get up, but he's hanging there, and that's when. Scar kind of, um, you know, reaches for him, but then like shoves him off the cliff, right? Mm-hmm. Just drops him in- into the, um, into the uh, stampede. I wonder if this is the first time I had seen uh, a death on a Disney animated movie. I'm trying to think. There, there might be some other movies where they allude to a death to a character, but this might be the one that I remember the most, uh, or at least, um. You know where they kind of like show the scene of the death. Mm-hmm. So I do you recall any other movies? Do you think this might be the first one for you too? I don't, or I honestly don't remember. Um, 
But if this if this is the only Disney death I can think of, it probably is. I don't remember any of the Disney movies where you would see the death. Okay. So we get a scene where Simba finds Mufasa on the ground, and Scar convinces him uh, it's his fault and tells him to run away. And then he uh, sticks the hyenas on him and says to kill them. But uh, I think they... Why did they stop? Did they just felt like he's going to die out there anyway? No, they stopped because they didn't want to get really hurt by the um, giant forest of thorns. Okay. Simba goes through a giant forest of thorns and they... um, The more sophisticated guy, not Ed or uh, Whoopi Goldberg, but one of them falls into the pit. And comes out with like a lot of thorns in him, so they all agreed to not go follow him and just let him go die because it's pretty much he will die. The the one you're talking about uh, is called uh, Bonsai. Bonsai, that's right. Yeah, very interesting. Shenzi, Bonsai, and Ed. <laughs> if it if it's anybody's fault about Mufasa's death, it would probably be Zazu's because seeing Simba in trouble with Mufasa and everything, he should have gone help right away instead of just being, like, flying in one place saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Oh, here, I'll go get help, and boom, getting knocked out. Yeah. He should have just um, flown away right away and got, gotten help. Well, I mean, you one can say that this this is something that they, I guess, never really planned for, you know, and he just kind of panicked, didn't really know what to do. So I wouldn't blame it on him. I mean, it's... It's Scar, you know, it's Scar's, Scar's fault. Yeah. Okay, so we meet Timon and Pumbaa. Um, they bust into the Hakuna Matata, but uh, Timon, he's a meerkat. Pumbaa's a warthog. Apparently, Pumbaa is the first Disney character to actually fart on screen. <laughs> does he fart on screen? Yeah, he does. Yeah. It was uh, during Hakuna Matata. So they teach him some life lessons. Um, what do you think about the the grub scene? I always thought that was so weird and just like interesting because they were just bugs, and I always wanted to like try it. try it. Yeah. Well, they make it look uh, very um, slimy yet satisfying. Yeah, like the worm. I always imagined it'd be like intestines, which well, I actually just had yesterday, which were pretty good and chewy. Uh, you know, it, it depends how it depends how it's you know seasoned and and prepared. I'd imagine, but um, yeah, I I think when I was younger, it it did look appetizing in the way they just ate it, you know, all nonchalant and seemed mm-hmm. to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It did make me kind of want to try it. And then over the years, you know, we get introduced to Andrew Zimmern, you know, Bizarre Foods, and you get to see him eat all types of stuff too. So he could be like a real life Pumbaa. <laughs> Calling him fat and stinky. <laughs> You're calling him fat and stinky. Yeah, I just happen. I mean, stinky. I guess he could be Timon too, but uh, Puma just came to mind. Is all. Are meerkats found? Yeah, they are. Uh, mm, I haven't seen one, but they. Uh, I'd imagine they can be. Found in Africa. I don't know. I've never been to Africa, so I can't say. Ed, okay. All right. So Scar rules now. Uh, Zazu is jailed, and uh, sings a couple of different songs that have ties to some of our previous episodes. So the first song he sings, uh, that Nobody Knows song. The trouble I've seen, nobody knows the trouble. Do you know who else has sung that song while in jail? Um, don't tell me, let me think. Prince Akeem? 
Uh, no, but it is one of our earlier episodes. Mm. I'll give you a hint. It's a it's a woman behind bars that sings the song. It may take place in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, <laughs> space walls. Yeah, uh, Princess, Princess Vespa. Vespa. She sings that song, and this one I think. You weren't on this episode, but I think you know about the scene. So the second song is uh, It's a Small World, after all. That's how it sings. Not Shrek. Uh, it's an episode that I've done for the show. I, I'm pretty sure you know I did this episode, but you just weren't on it because you were gone. Was it recent? It was very recent. Was the movie recent? The movie was recent. It's a new release. Fantastic Four? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the last episode, actually. Um, I don't know if doesn't surprise there me. will be one. Yeah, that's really weird. Uh, for those that don't know, I was supposed to do a uh, Fantastic Four episode, and something happened to the recording. and then Got lost the, in another the, dimension, I guess. Yeah, the rescheduling got postponed, so we'll just we'll see. Hmm. Um, it is a superhero movie. Think of the, the title. It's a small world after all. Uh, Avengers 2. No. <laughs> You're on the right track, oh, though. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, yeah. Um, okay. So, Zazu's in jail, or kind of in jail. A cage. Yeah, he's in a cage. Uh, we learned that Pride Rock, or the Pride Lands, is uh, out of food and, and water. Um, basically, there's, there's like, no greens. It's completely dark and brown. Looks like, looks like post-judgment day, <laughs> but, like but in that. Africa. Looks like poop. Uh, Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa, uh, they have a, um, a little bro talk. Uh, they talk about the stars, and uh, Simba tells them you know, something he had heard from his dad, which basically, uh, what is it, the kings or royal, royal people are in the stars looking down mm-hmm. or something like that. And so they, they kind of all laugh at that, and uh, you know, he, he chuckles uh, along with them. Um, but, you know, you can see that he still thinks about his dad, you know, because uh, that's who uh, t- told him about that. And this is where he goes to uh, collapse on those flowers. And, you know, that dust just kind of uh, leaves the cliff and somehow it gets all the way to Rafiki. And he realizes that Simba is still alive and paints some hair <laughs> on this uh, picture of young Simba on the tree. What do you think that means? It's his mane. Yes, yes, this is his main. But um, what do you take from that scene, though? Just him doing that, just that he knows something with spirits and stuff. He's the witch doctor. You don't okay. So you think it could be some kind of witchery? Yes. Okay. Um, or he smelt it. It's like this smells like Simba. Yep. <laughs> I held him, yay high eye level. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what he smells baboon. like. <laughs> he is a weird baboon. It's a very funny baboon. I, I I like him in this one very much. Um. So we cut to Timon and Pumbaa. They're uh, walking in the jungle and they're singing in the jungle. This is a song that you have sung in choir mm-hmm. by the Tombstones. Yes, and um, I remember the commercial for this. I think it was for like McDonald's or something. Some guy came in like singing the song and everyone else kind of joins in. You know how McDonald's do. But, uh, yeah, they sing that song, 
And then uh, Pumbaa is chasing after a beetle. Um, a blue beetle. A blue beetle. Which mm, they made it look good. Yeah, yeah. Looks uh, like looks like, like it's crunchy eat. on the outside and chewy, like gummy on the inside, perhaps. Because mm-hmm. of the, I don't know. <laughs> looks like a blue gummy, kind of, with a shell. Because of the, it, when it, when it like makes it, noise or a sound or something it like farts out a blue smoke cloud and it just looks like it has some nice little blue something inside it <laughs> uh, some kind of blue syrup of some sort yeah raspberry blue or um but yeah yeah sure uh so while he's chasing this beetle that's when nala finds him and uh chase chases after him and timon and then simba saves him and she pins him again and that's how they realize that, well, he realizes it's her. And she kind of has to think about it because, you know, uh, we find out that everyone at the Pride Lands think he's dead. Right? So it was hard for her to believe that it was even him. Um, which is kind of funny because, you know, he looks like his dad, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she so should have been like Mufasa. Mufasa. Right. Well, but, you know, the, his body was still there. Right? So maybe, Yeah, so maybe they buried him. Exactly. So how come if Simba shows up, they all think it's Mufasa? Because uh, he looks like his dad. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when, when Nala sees... See, no, when Sarabi sees him later, she's she had just gotten knocked, you know, to the ground. But Scar was right there. Oh, did he? Well, he didn't say Mufasa. He just said Simba, you know. No, he said Mufasa. You sure? He said Mufasa backed up, mm. and then... Uh, Simba goes over to Sarabi. She goes, "Oh, and she says, and then he says, no, it's Simba.' And then Scar's like, "Simba." Yeah. So maybe uh, seeing ghosts uh, is a thing down there, <laughs> since everyone just seems to think that it was Mufasa walking her, walking lines. around uh, amongst the the living. <laughs> um. So yeah, she says everyone thinks he's dead. Um, Scar told everyone about the stampede. And this is just, you know, one of those things uh, in a movie where there's uh, like a misunderstanding slash miscommunication. Mm-hmm. You know, she says, oh, Scar told us about the stampede. He's thinking, oh, I caused it. It's my fault. I killed my dad. So that's why he doesn't want to go back. And that's why he's been gone this entire time. You know, and she's just saying, no, we heard about this. Um, wait. So what does Scar tell them if she says that he told them about the stampede? Because what do you think he would have said? Oh, um, Mufasa and Simba both died? Mm-hmm. Okay. So interesting. So maybe they don't recover and bury the body. You you would think that they do human-like things. I don't know. So maybe the animals don't do that. Mm. I mean, sure. Or the hyenas ate Mufasa's body. Yeah, that could be it. They could have said that, you know. Uh, it's the circle of life. You know, they, they eat each other <laughs> uh anyway so uh, we bust out into a little can you feel the love tonight and uh so i guess they start to fall in love after rekindling a flame that wasn't quite there because they were kids well when they were kids they waxed the candle what <laughs> <laughs> the candle was waxed I don't know what that means, but we'll move it means on. They were making the candle to light the flame. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, so they have a little fight right off the bat too, because um, Simba doesn't want to go back. But 
it's funny because even in a cartoon, someone shouts up at the sky and yells. <laughs> so I don't know if you caught that. Simba ran out in, in, into mm-hmm. the middle of the field and just shouts up at the sky. Uh, Rafiki uh, takes him to go see his father. You know, says that uh, he's still alive. And uh, so Simba runs after him and they go to this little pond where he looks in, in into it and sees the reflection of Mufasa. Uh, Rafiki says that, you know, he lives in you. And then we get this, uh, I, I like to call it like a famous scene. You know, you see the ghost of Mufasa as clouds. Uh, it's funny because I saw this scene parodied in um, The Simpsons where I don't know if it was Bart or Homer looking up at the sky, but you see Mufasa and then you see um, Darth Vader and then it's James Earl Jones that comes out. All th- like, you know, all three of them in the clouds. And I kind of, I also kind of like it because it's kind of like what he had told Simba earlier in the movie about the stars, you know, the the kings and stuff like that. So here's an example: he's a king, and you know, he's in the stars and talking to Simba. So again, kind of fantastical. Can is that right? Fantastic. Fan. Fan. Fantasy. Fantasical. <laughs> I think you just made that up. You just made it up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> But uh, fantasized, mm, sure. But uh, yeah, Mufasa reminds him to remember who you are. You know, you got royalty in your blood. Go reclaim that throne. So, um, I would you think of the scene where um, Rafiki hit Simba in the head with a with a, his walking stick? I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> Yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, most of the movie I didn't understand until watching it today. Did you watch it in Blu-ray or DVD? Blu-ray. I, I think they have a 3D version, too, which I wonder what a, what would pop out just the, the clouds of <laughs> Mufasa. Kind of stick Whoa, out a little bit more. Oh, 3D. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have Little Mermaid in 3D, and not a whole lot pop out of there. Uh, Nala and Timon and Pumbaa, uh, they find out from Rafiki that Simba went back uh, to take the throne from Scar. So Simba gets to um, the Pride Lands, and he sees that it's in ruins. Um, so why is everything black? Did everything get set on fire or something? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, because now that Scar, under Scar's rule, reign, reign under his reign, um, the hyenas are now allowed on pride, the the Pride Lands. You know, whereas before they used to, their their land was the the elephant graveyard, right? Mm. So perhaps with the hyenas there, Scar ruling, that's why there's no more like vegetation and. Um, basically, yeah, it just looks like post-apocalyptic, right? There's, there's nothing to eat. There's no water. Everybody's famished. Um, it just, it's not a good look, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, Simone sends, Tim- I'm sorry. Simone. S- Simba sends Timon and Pumbaa out as a diversion. And that's where we get that scene where they're in like the grass skirts and doing hula dancing. I love that scene. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, while they do that, he goes to find his mother, and um, he wants to gather the others, too, uh, to basically build a little army to kind of fight back. Um, and then we see, you know, the scene where Scar smacks uh, Sarabi, 
and Simba shows up, and then this is that scene where you mentioned where they all think he's Mufasa, mm. um, and then Scar leads uh, Simba into um, kind of taking the blame for for Mufasa, right? So this is where Scar has him tell everybody that it was his fault, and then um, I think what Scar kind of backs him like off of the cliff. And then so we get kind of like a uh, like a parallel scene to like when Scar was on the standing on the cliff, you know, looking at uh, uh, Mufasa who's hanging down. Right. And then did Simba pounce up at Scar? Is that? Yes. So though was that a little foreshadowing like earlier when he was learning how to pounce? Because then we get him like hanging out with Timon and Pumbaa where he we don't ever see him pounce, but we see Nala do it. Is is that what he does to like get out? You know, kind of get back up on the cliff. It maybe, yeah, yeah. It's, Am I seeing something that wasn't there? Like, or? Um, I think he just got an extra burst of energy from yeah. finding out that uh, Scar killed his dad. Right, because we get this reveal. Scar leans over and says, "You know, I killed Mufasa." So yeah, he jumps up and kind of corners um, Scar and has him tell. Uh, basically confess to the murder and then uh, they have a fight it's very slow-mo too Mm. um i don't recall much slow-mo in a disney movie i don't think there really is ever is um do you think it was for a dramatic uh um... yeah it might have also just been made for the fight to last a little bit longer because really if you take away the slow-mo it's probably just like a minute Mm, yeah it could be um so now, what, so somewhere a fire got started and it spread. Again, I mentioned there was no vegetation. So how did the fire start? Um, it was a lightning bolt. Oh, was there? Okay, I missed that. I missed that. Um, there was no DeLorean to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I missed that, but yeah, everything was set on fire. Uh, Scar gets attacked by the hyenas uh, for calling them the enemy. Because, you know, he kind of betrayed them at that point. But uh, it rains out of nowhere. And then uh, Simba takes his place on the platform as the sun comes out. Then it's a bit of a time jump. And now Simba and Nala are together. And Rafiki raises their baby and introduces him to the uh, the kingdom. Now, did you see the, the following sequels? Uh, was it one and a half and then two Simba's Pride or something like that? Mm, I have not. Um, I've just seen... I thought you saw Simba's Pride, which was the first part two. And then I think Lion King one and a half was Timon and Pumbaa, right? Yeah, one and a half was Timon and Pumbaa. But wasn't there a movie where Scar's son was the main character? I think I remember seeing something where Scar was... There was like a mini Scar. Maybe that was... um. Uh, I think there was an animated series of Lion King. Maybe that's where that was. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's that's the end of it. Um, what would you give this movie as far as rating goes? As far as rating goes, it's probably a strong 475 for me. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. That's almost perfect. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, and I see almost nothing wrong with it. This might be the um, the first time where you have a higher score than I. Uh, I'm going to go with four and a half, which is uh, still pretty darn good. It's, it's very close to your uh, four and three quarters. Uh, 
I don't really have any issues. I mean, I love the music. I love all the characters. I feel that this could have been a little bit better if um, you know characters were fleshed out a little bit more and a little bit more writing. I felt this movie was a little too short. Um, I actually thought that it was like closer to two hours. And right before um, watching the movie, I found out that it was only like 88 minutes. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot shorter than it used to be. Yeah, so really weird. Um, but yeah, I think four and a half is pretty good. Uh, I really like your four seventy five. But um, we don't have any uh, new reviews nor um, uh, any emails for this one. This one was just kind of a spontaneous episode, really. But uh, I do want to give a shout out to a couple friends of the show, uh, Eric from It's Just a Dream podcast. Uh, he had me guest on his show, and we did a commentary track for uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So you can actually um, search that episode on YouTube, where you can watch us commentate along with the movie, or you can actually go on YouTube, uh, iTunes and download the episode and listen to us. So um, either way there. Uh, and also Carly from That Pop This Life, and also Talking Shauna Land. Uh, she had me on uh, This Pop That Life or that popped this life and um you know we did, talked about some pop culture stuff and also we reviewed uh the movie kids which i don't think you've seen but actually i think it came out no it came out in 95 so just a year after this movie um so check that out uh, i'll you know include uh the links to those episodes also in our show notes if anybody wants to check that out so if you want to email into the show, you can do so at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at hlfpodcast. Uh, you can find our latest episodes on followingfilms.com, along with other shows like War Machine vs. War Horse, uh, Pop Culture Case Study, and True Bromance Film Podcast, uh, and also Following Films Podcast. So you can check all of those out. Um, but until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And this is Hydrate Level 4. There's a calm surrender to the rush of day When the heat of a rolling wind can't be turned away An enchanted moment and it sees me through it's enough for this restless warrior just to be with you. And can you feel the love tonight? It is where we are. It's enough for this warrior. It's enough.